Hi, I'm Dina. I'm Randy. And I'm Lovetto. We're Hydrogen and Stupidity. Join us every week as we discuss the unexplained, unimaginable, and downright ridiculous. We explore true crime, aliens, supernatural, conspiracies, cryptids, paranormal, and anything in between. We're not experts, but just three friends who like to talk about the bizarre. So let's get started. Welcome to Hydrogen and Stupidity, welcome. everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Bienvenue. Hi. Welcome, Abu. We have a cat in here with us today. <laughs> Don't put that in your mouth either. Put it in your mouth. Do it. Do it. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to lay down. <laughs> I'm going to lie down. <laughs> oh, That's what happens when you're 40 and you bend over. Are you 40? I am. I thought you were 39, asterisk. I'm 40. I'll be 40 next year. No big deal. I don't want to be. Why? Because. Because you're realizing that you're on the downhill side of life now? Oh, I've been on the downhill side of life for like well, I'm just saying two and a half years. If you say that the average life expectancy is 80 years. 75 for me. Oh, well. There's that. <laughs> At 75, you're either going to die naturally or kill yourself at 75. Suicide by cops. It's the best way to go. I'm going to rob a bank with a ham sandwich. I'm going to go out. I'm going to pull out said ham sandwich. In a very aggressive manner? Yeah. And they're going to shoot me 17 times. And then it's going to be a big deal that even though you robbed a bank, you weren't armed. And the police shot you anyway. They look. You're white. They will not shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Randy, you could, you could, you could walk outside with your AR-15 slung across your chest and four Glocks on your waistband and one on each ankle, and they would still be like, "Sir, sir, <laughs> could you not?" Could you, sir, please put, okay, oh, you don't want to, okay, oh, we're going to get very angry in about three days. <laughs> All right, then I'll just go out secondhand lion style. <laughs> Are you going to pull a Siegfried and Roy? I'm going to, uh, upside down in an airplane into a barn. Oh. Like a biplane. I'll, I mean, I'll take you, unless you do that. Okay. I mean, just teach me how to fly the plane. I don't want to take you with me. No, I mean, I'll just, you can get out there like the wing walking thing, Ooh. and then I'll just fly under a bridge and just take you. They <laughs> <laughs> <I> got it. <laughs> <laughs> Could we at least make it fun and put a target? To see, to see if we, yeah. we get a bullseye? <laughs> then like five points if it's in the first ring, yeah. ten we could put Velcro on you and see. See if we sticks. <laughs> put a big target up there? Yeah. <laughs> see if we can get some body parts in each ring. You would just turn into a mist. Yeah. Attached, <laughs> attached by Velcro everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> As Kyle Kinane was talking about, if you were to do that, like to make it real fun and interesting, like that's your last moment on Earth, like just leave people wondering. <laughs> So, like, if you were to jump off a building, 
wear like, you know, snorkel, a mask and flippers and have like just a glass of water down at the bottom. <laughs> so when they came, they're just like, was he trying to? It worked on Looney Tunes. <laughs> He's the worst stuntman ever. Just leave. A, yeah. Just, what? just leave a bunch of weird clues that don't lead to anything. <laughs> it's all dead end clues and make a very vague letter. <laughs> have those like such suction cup like hand and and knee and you know like on archer when they're climbing up the wall <laughs> and then make it look like you were trying to climb the right. wall <laughs> yeah yeah like have it, a bunch of like burglar tools like, on you. <laughs> yeah like it's attached like on the side on the side of the building it's attached like this you know like you're you were mid-climb <laughs> yeah the suction cups are on the yeah. building but you're down there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still have the suction cups on your knees but they're <laughs> yeah the hand ones, <laughs> the hand ones are still up there. <laughs> Everybody's like, hmm, guess his hands slipped. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why does he have swim trunks on? <laughs> and a snorkel. <laughs> He's the worst spy Why? ever. Why? Why does he have the Mormon survival guide <laughs> in his back pocket? <laughs> and, then, and then they go and check out your house. And you've got like this almost warehouse type uh, guest bedroom that has like all these shelving and everything, you know, like you're, you're stocking up and, and all it has is like one can of spam <laughs> and that's it and a bottle of water. <laughs> or they go in there and there's just a bunch of like random pictures with yarn <laughs> strung between the two and it's all leading to one point, but it's just a big question mark. Oh. You've got like a picture of like Mark Wahlberg with a with a yarn to it, and a picture of like Kate, Mary Kate, and Ashley Olsen with a line drawn to it. Like, like it's and always it, sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, and then you've got... and it's just trashed. There's several computer screens. It's just running like you've got you've got like a wholesale uh, warehouse, like huge box of like Kit Kats. One is taken out and unwrapped like halfway and you've got like a permanent marker like writing on there that says i knew it <laughs> i think there's that just if hundreds I ever there's had kids. thousands of kit kat wrappers and then there's just the one that says i knew it and then you've got a kiddie pool in the corner full of the wrappers and that's where you slept <laughs> with a pillow <laughs> I think if I ever have kids, I'm just going to start stocking up on the weirdest shit. And a ferret. <laughs> and, and a ferret. <laughs> that the detective that gets assigned to the case would just be like, I have to figure out what happened. <laughs> but it leads to nothing. And it drives this poor man insane. <laughs> he, spends, <laughs> he spends his entire career on this one case. And it's still unsolved but when he dies. to leave the most subtle clue somewhere that just has my phone number and then when he calls me i'll be like oh randy talked about do it it means nothing like, he spent 30 years on this case 30 years they're like oh my god we found the killer of tupac why what happened to randy <laughs> what so, did he know you put the you put his phone number like under the carpet because finally <laughs> finally the detective rips up all the carpet out of the bedroom and there's there's this Just itty put, bitty... There's like a little stain that looks like a blood stain. Right. So when they cut it out to take <laughs> to look at the sample, they turn it over. It's got my phone number on it. He calls me and I'm like, who? Oh, Randy? Oh, oh, did he do the thing? And they're gonna be like, what? I'm like, where it's just a bunch of senseless clues. Like he killed himself. They're like, well, we didn't know that. I'm like, 
Oh, no, Rand- yeah, yeah, he was talking about doing that. Yeah, he said he was going to leave a bunch how, of random clues. How long have you been working on that? I'd be like, <laughs> are there ki- is there a kiddie pool full of Kit Kat wrappers? He'd be like, yes. Be like, oh, we ta- he talked about that. <laughs> he said he was going to fuck with y'all so hard, the detective's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I quit. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, no, here's what really happened. You know, tell him what... I'd be like, did you find him... Like, outside of a building with some suction cups on his knees. They're like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, well, he went up there. He put those on the top and just jumped out the window. Was he wearing a swimsuit? Yeah. Was there a glass of water sitting down there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the, the spot of blood that he finds in the carpet, what Randy actually did was melt a little bit of the Kit Kat chocolate and put red food red dye food. Right. So into it. So when they go and test it. It shows that the, that's what it is. And they're like. Yeah, the lab tech, the lab tech like takes off all of its equipment, rips off his coat and everything. The and whole department out. just quits. Like, this motherfucker. I'm like, I'm like, oh, and he also told me to tell you this. Got him. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. You've been holding on to this information for twenty years. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh my god! And then your ham sandwich. Okay, your ham sandwich. You you take one bite out of the ham sandwich, and you get, and you can use mine if you want to. You know the food preserver that, that sucks all the air out. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna do the vacuum seal on it like four times. It's gonna be some random num- <laughs> amount, okay? And then you're gonna have a couple of Kit Kats that have the exact same vacuum seals amount. Exact same number. And then there's another one that's the bite of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, and then it's it's a it's a whole sandwich. Then one that's cut like in half. And How about one in my storage warehouse? Then it's one, nothing but vacuum sealed ham sandwiches. Yeah. And then one one that's the, the crust just is riding on it like one, Mary Kate. One, <laughs> one that's been cut like crustless. <laughs> Every which way you can cut a sandwich. Then we're gonna go to Hoagies. Then we're gonna. Then the one right in the middle, it's going to be like a shrine of sandwiches. And then one's going to have just a shelf. Like, and you're going to have to get like a, you're going to have to get one of those. You're going to have to get one of those industrial refrigerators with each specimen sandwich labeled on each row. And then one with like a, on a gold plate with a bit, with one bite taken out. And a note that says this one. <laughs> the one. It says, I knew it. <laughs> we're gonna have to find we're gonna have to we put should, we the address the, to the warehouse in some weird we should, area also. We should spend the next like ten years fixing up the warehouse to look like the um the temple in Indiana Jones. <laughs> So they go in there and with like, a big boulder that rolls down. And the ham sandwich is sitting on the pedestal. <laughs> and, and they're like, I I don't know if I should get it. And then, it, and and then it, when they get it, they move it and it just goes. <laughs> and it then, does that. And then and foam the, boulder ball, the boulder is a big foam ball. Yeah. It's it's a big bean bag that was overfilled. We make it look like thing. it's a, we make it look as though it's a real boulder and there's like speakers like under the floor that <laughs> it's just bass so it feels like it's rumbling they're like oh <laughs> so what so what we're gonna have to do though is get it is overfill a bean bag okay and then we're gonna get the texture uh a rustoleum spray to make it look like a boulder <laughs> and then you, you the have sad all the thing is, is that by the time this happens it's gonna be a bunch of kids who've never seen 
Indiana Jones. I don't care. They'll figure it out. Uh, they yeah. can Google it. <laughs> they're they're cops. Yeah. <laughs> But like they're detectives. All the traps, all the traps are the same, except like the poison darts are like paintballs. <laughs> the shit fucking railed out of you. <laughs> and then we'll give them a clue that something large like that's going to happen because in your spare bedroom, more a- Mormon, your Mormon, your Mormon survival guy. survival bedroom with the empty shelves and the and the eight kick, years of food and the kit kat wrapper bed with your goldfish and ferret right next to you you're also gonna they're gonna they're gonna figure it out we're gonna get the the game mousetrap nice and when they when they pick up the half open kit kat with the note when they pick it up it's gonna trigger the mousetrap and we'll and we'll We'll make we'll make a model of the warehouse. That's it. We could have a bunch of those games from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s, like Cooties and Jenga. He has a he has a diorama of his of the warehouse. Like the entire That's warehouse is nothing but a Rube Goldberg. Like you know, right. You That's know how the they table. have they have to get your suicide note by activating a Rube Rube Goldberg. So machine. You, you know the model town from Beetlejuice? <laughs> yes. It's gonna be the die. It that's gonna be it in the just, middle of the Mormon survival bedroom. The the suicide notes come comes out of one of those guns that puts the bang. Yeah, it's just the last thing is, and it's just a suicide note. They're like, mm. oh, and, and but somebody's gonna have to <laughs> vacuum seal the the sandwich since you're choking from the sandwich, right? Can you imagine? Then Trisha Takanawa does the story. Strange story out of Birmingham. <laughs> Can you imagine the phone calls to Mark Wahlberg and the Olsen twins? Did you know Randy? He seems to have been running some sort of investigation. We're not quite sure where it leads. There are a lot of you may or may not be in danger. I mean, probably only because he's dead. We don't like to make the crime scene look just as nefarious as possible. But it all just be like benign stuff. They're like, "Ooh, I wonder if it's." Oh no, this okay. Well, maybe it was. Just like oh, boxes no, no. upon boxes yeah. of ammo, no guns. Yeah. No, and then the building, the building that you were trying to spy crawl up was like the, the, a, the, no, it was like a toy, a toy factory. Oh no, you go climb, <laughs> go do it to like the headquarters of Twinkie, but then you've got all the Kit Kat stuff in there, and then just have like a bunch of like different Kit Kat pictures all pointing to the Twinkie. <laughs> Just never tell then, anyone which side then, of the Twix I prefer. And then what you do <laughs> is the gold platter is a single tick uh, Kit Kat bar shoved inside of a Twinkie. <laughs> oh my god! And they're like, "Was he trying to pitch this idea to a Twinkie and it failed?" <laughs> listen, dude. No, listen to me. In your Mormon survival bedroom. <laughs> You know the Mormons hate us. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're like, what's wrong with one? They're going to send their terror shots. What are they going to do? Try to marry me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised I picked the right one. <laughs> I was... Okay, back to back to your Mormon shit. bedroom. Your Mormon your Mormon survival guide bedroom.
So you've got your you've got your bed. <laughs> On the right side. What if you did an identical one? On the left side. And you've got a kitty pool kit cat bed. On the right side and the left. Me no. Make one side a different candy bar. Like nothing but left Twix. No, no, no. Left no. Twix, the right side, now it's Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> but what, okay, so we'll change it to Twix. We'll crying. We'll change it to Twix, the right and the left. And then on each wrapper, okay, you'll put a big permanent marker L or a big permanent marker R. In both in the either side of the cape, <laughs> and a slip and slide that, it, that that attaches both of them together. You just Man, make it. And then, no, instead of just the one that says whatever you guys were saying, have every rapper say something, but the one on the other side contradicts that one, and they have to line them all up. I, I, I want, or you could do like a machine that you put the Kit Kat in there, and then it just swaps the left to the right one, and then rejoins them. That <laughs> <laughs> you have a whole diatribe of why you don't think that from the factory that the left one is actually the left, and the right one is the right. So you've developed a scheme to switch your Kit Kats. On a mass scale, <laughs> you just load thirty-eight Kit Kats in there, and it goes through a blade, and then they just, as they go down the assembly line, they just cross, and then it goes, they join back up, and then it goes over a heated plate that just melts the, the chocolate back together, and then it goes in right into the back into the same wrapper. <laughs> when the cops get there, they're going to be like, he he knew they came from the same factory, right? <laughs> but you, but in your diatribe, you explain that how all the factories are on the same page and they're deliberately putting the right Twix or the right, yeah, the Kit Kats. On know the- your facts. Know your facts. Yeah. <laughs> all four of them like split apart and they rearrange in a specific manner and go back and eat oh some Oh my god. Oh, I'm pushing or this the conspiracy theory. <laughs> the left Twix, and the, the, like the Twix. It just switches some and then it goes right back into the bag. <laughs> the lizard Illuminati have taken over the Twix factory. And all the left Twixes are actually right Twixes. And I have to, you're just, there's like 400 boxes of just Twix in the corner. And then that's what they all point, all the yarns point to the CEO of whoever. It's it's the Knights Templar, it's the Masons, the Wizard have, Illuminati. Yeah, all that in there, and then it and then the big final like string is like just swap Twix. Make make the strings in the diagram of Washington D.C. It's a pentagram. Oh my god, do it, do it, yeah, do it in a pentagram, like just like Washington D.C. streets. <laughs> Literally, do the exact same pattern. And then in that last wrapper, it just says 1600 Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We are going to need to integrate also. And then you have one of those rolled up constitutions. (laughs) Can we super glue a top hat? The Secret Service is going to be like, 
Get all the Twix out of here. But you need to get every government agency that you could get involved is you have a station set up that looks like you're manufacturing, like you're printing fake money. And then you have another station set up that looks like you're selling illegal firearms. So you've got the DEA, the ATF, the FBI, the, the Secret, Secret Service. Service, local, like PD. <laughs> oh my. And they're all arguing with each other. And then at the end, they finally come up and they're like, this was all an elaborate fuck you from this guy. <laughs> I'm So you know that you know that glue that they use on animals that they're tracking yeah. to like in the water. Yeah. You know, it's it doesn't harm them I or anything. I thought they like just that. stabbed it in there with like a yeah, No, they well, too. they they do with that like too, but there's some so, something that they use like if they're injured or something, like it's some sort of like protectant, like a just a yeah, a waterproof you know, glue. Yeah, okay. We're going to need some of that. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I'm going to need you to get an aquarium. (laughs) (laughs) And either koi or the large goldfish with the big buggy eyes. We're going to super glue, water glue, do not harm animals glue, a top hat on a couple of them, the Willy Wonka hat. He has one big fish that's Willy Wonka, and then he has a bunch of fish dressed like Oompa Loompas swimming around. One, one that has one that has Can you one, die a fish. <laughs> one, and then and then one that's got like a monocle attached to him, a cane attached to another, and a couple of their bow ties, and you know, yeah, throw in throw in a, a couple of Oompa Loompas. You're gonna have two different sides, like battles. <laughs> One side of the aquarium, aquarium, and the other side of the aquarium. One's gonna be, one's gonna be the Willy Wonka factory. Another one's Mad Max. No, and the other one, the other one is the Sherlock Holmes townhouse. Seems- Can we blind one of them? No. Put on a monocle. We cannot. No. We cannot harm animals in this. So when it bumps up <laughs> against the glass all the time, and next to it, like on its scales, it says "Do not pass go." We can adopt. A blind, a fish. blind fish. Okay, okay, that's that sounds better. <laughs> or rescue a blind fish. We can do that. Yeah, yeah that sounds better. But how do you know it's blind? I don't know. We'll okay. figure it out. If if he's continuously hitting things, we figured it out. We have literally <laughs> been talking about my death for twenty minutes. Well, yes. and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Randy's going to call me five years before he's going to call me when he's seventy. He's like, we're going to start planning it. <laughs> And I'm gonna be like, dude, what? have you ever seen the Kaminsky method? Because I, that's how I want. We're I gonna want a get friend. a fake call. We're gonna get a, a live call, like a, that. Like we meet every day for lunch, and so because that's what they do, Musso and Franks. And but it's just like, it's an old, a retired actor and his agent. <coughs> they're like best friends. It's, it's such fun. It shows hilarious. Please watch it tonight. Where, what what streaming service is it on? I think it's on. It's on Netflix. Okay. I mean, you're gonna. You have to turn that into a trifecta. Try, 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 three, three. He goes there three, was three, a three, a trifecta, three, three. That's right. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be alive that much longer, so I'm going to make it like fifty minutes. Oh, so we're making plans. So I'm going to have to do this. Yeah, I need a, I need a binder. Look, we don't and have I, to eat. The I need Twix a binder and, and dividers of the plan because we got to start. No, we've got to plan this out. This is. This is too big. I don't want to catch the fetus. 
a year before I die. Well, you don't have to eat the Kit Kats. That's what I'm saying. I'll or eat the them. Twix. You can just donate them to, to the to, to people inside at the at the uh, at grab all the left ones. And be like, this one's really the right one. <laughs> Every time you're in the gas station for years up to this. Um, you always go to the same gas station. Every time you see somebody buy a Twix, you just go, living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> just just walk down the candy aisle, look at it, go, this is bullshit. <laughs> uh, what is? You wouldn't understand. <laughs> you do this for so long in random times that you actually create an urban legend before you die. Oh, my God. If I became an ur- urban legend. The Twix man. Yes. <laughs> Still, there's one Kit Kat bar in a Twinkie. Was he trying to pitch this idea? They were having <laughs> on the gold platter. <laughs> I just want to make it as confusing as possible for yes. anyone. Oh, I just I want my kids to just have to find like most random shit in the house. They're going to the Mormon yeah. survival room. Yeah, Randy just every time he goes to Walmart, he buys like a different size screw. <laughs> or something and just places it randomly in the house. Something stupid, just like what did this go to? It's like a, <laughs> it's like a bunch of keys. Yeah. <laughs> no, or you can get the you can get the and hide it. Like it looks like it's important. Bury one outside. <coughs> like have a secret map stashed away that has like an X marks the spot on the yard. They dig it up and it's just a box with a key in it. What where does this go? <laughs> Oh, we need a P.O. box now, so every one of our listeners can send us a key that they don't know what it goes to. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> we have random keys. You have your, you have your attorney who has your will, and it's like wait six years, and then call one of my kids and be like, oh, "I found what that key goes to." And just hand them a padlock. Just a padlock. <laughs> just, nothing's like just a padlock. Oh no! You give them, you give them the information to the bank. That has a safe deposit box <laughs> that has the padlock in it. That's it. You pay for a safe deposit box for 45 years. Yes. <laughs> and, and all that's it. in there is a... You go, could you imagine opening that safe deposit <laughs> box and the bank manager's like, what do you got to go in here? Throw it in there. And you're like, this is going to be hilarious in like 20 years. Yeah. I hope you're still here. Yeah. I hope you are here. It's like, what are you going to do? I have an elaborate scheme (laughs) that I'm going to bury a key, the key to this padlock in my front yard, and I'm going to hide a map, a treasure map, (laughs) in my house that has the key in it. And then, after six years, the executor of my will is going to call my kids (laughs) and say that he found what the key goes to, and it's this padlock. (laughs) <laughs> but but he's not going to tell like, him it's a padlock. He's going to say you're going to need to go to this bank and give them the number and here's the documentation yeah. for you to open it. That's, that's all, yeah. But you have to take the key with you. And it's just it's like uh, I think there may be something in here that opens it. He goes it's just a padlock. He just clicks it. He's like what the fuck, dad? <laughs> Oh, to make it even worse, though, you know, where it locks in, scroll a little note in there. Uh, have them have to get tweezers to pull it out. He unscrolls it. And then it says. And no, and no, the words are so small. He has to get a magnifying glass. A magnifying glass. So and he has to go buy a magnifying glass when he finally, it says, got him. 
He says, I got you from beyond the grave. You can never get me back. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much Have fun. Have you seen... You've seen Boondocks, yeah. that show, right? Where he goes... <laughs> I got you something real special. He says... Near and dear to my he heart. He says... I le- it, it, the lawyer calls. He's like, he left you something in his will. I can't tell you what it is. He's like, because I don't know. It's sealed or whatever. And it says... Um, it says... In order to get it, you have to deliver a nice eulogy, you know? So he goes up there and does this whole nice eulogy stuff. And he opens up the thing and it's a jar of peanuts. And he says, got you something real nice. You something you're going to cherish forever. He opens up a jar of peanuts and it has a note that says, These nuts! <laughs> I got you from beyond the grave! You can never get me back! <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh! Oh! <laughs> and the funny thing is, they were enemies. Like, they hated each other. So he goes and says these beautiful, like, final words to him. And he gets this thing. He's like, Dee's not. <laughs> well, guys. Oh, jeez. So that's it for today. You guys, <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of really weird deaths and really weird locations. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about... How do you bury a witch? That. Oh, I'm going? No, we can, I can go. Yeah, whatever. Do you, want, do you want to play paper, rock, scissors? Not really. I'll go. Let's do it. I just want to play. Okay. One, two, three. Wait, wait, wait. wait on three or, or after three? One, two, three, go or on three? Uh, 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 uh yeah. What? One, two, three. Are we doing go? So we're doing go. it on go. Right. One, two, three, go. go. Yeah, okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. One. Ah! Damn it. <laughs> so now you get to choose. You going or no? Oh. Are you going to defer to Dina? I'm going to defer to Dina. Mm-hmm. Why? Why not? <laughs> Um, so, speaking of weird deaths and weird <laughs> locations, um, today we're going to talk about the chicken balls most dangerous places to live. Best from Alabama. So you could potentially that's one of them live and die there. <laughs> I just moved in. Yay! That's right. Murdered in the street. That's right. Unless you move again, yeah. then you just live there. <laughs> You successfully made it out. Right. Or you already know you're dying, and you move there to die. But technically, you're still living and dying. Gary, Indiana. Who said, no. (laughs) No. So I got this information from Popular Mechanics and Daily Star. Both reputable institutions. One and the same. They're not. <laughs> They're not reputable. I don't know. What Isn't is Daily that? Star? Is that it's uh is that the, has the something to do with sister Texas. company of World Star? <laughs> I think so. Okay. It's a tabloid. All right. It's a UK tabloid. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So we're. I'm just going to talk about these locations, and um, I think the most dangerous place is Stockholm, Sweden, because there's a syndrome name. <laughs> God. All right. The cold, I'm so sorry. The, the cold, the cold pole. 
Yep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right? The location of the cold pole is... <laughs> <laughs> it's about five... <laughs> It's about four and a half feet below my chin. <laughs> Go ahead. It's about 27 inches below my chin. <laughs> You'll know when it's full mass, half mass. <laughs> it gets off a... When it's dangerous gives off and a, when it's not it dangerous. It gives off an aura. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the beach, you know, when, it, you're, when you've shame. got red flag. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Mine's always a double red flag. <laughs> sometimes it's, it's a purple. double red day. Sometimes it's purple for dangerous marine life. <laughs> I don't know what color the flags mean. Purple is dangerous marine life. Okay. Red is unsafe. Don't swim. Double red is don't even look at the don't, ocean. Don't don't even yeah. Don't even think of <laughs> don't it. Don't even think about yellow it. Yellow is use caution. And green is it's fine. Oh, mine's a yellow then. <laughs> Depending on the day, you could get dick down really good, or it could last five seconds. I... It's a double. It's a double red flag. It's day. a double edged sword. Double red flag day. Don't, don't even look at my penis. <laughs> don't even, don't even That's why I said mine's always double red. Uh, don't even look at All right, cold pole. The location. Burke <laughs> points Hoyansk, Russia. <laughs> for Verkoinks. Uh, for I don't know. V e r k h o y a n s k. Verkoinks. Okay. I don't know. We'll go with Lavetto's interpretation. It is three thousand miles east of Moscow. Moscow. I'm I'm sorry. I'll shut up. Three thousand miles east of Moscow. Deep in the heart of Siberia. Ooh. Is that how you say it? Serbia. Serbia? I don't think that's a different country. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, deep in the heart of Siberia sits this town, and it's the oldest city above the Arctic Circle. For more than three centuries, Russians have continuously resided there, braving endless winters on the banks of the Yana River, which is frozen solid for nine months out of the year. Today, approximately 1,500 people live here. So the city claims uh, the title of the coldest city in the world, the so-called Cold Pole. It's hard to dispute the designation um, because from September to March, the city averages fewer than five hours of sunlight each day. And in January and uh, December, there's nearly, there's no, there's barely any sunlight. Um, the winter temperatures there typically fall between minus 60 and minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And the lowest recorded in the late 19th century was minus 90. I don't even like 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. I mean, I can tolerate if that. You, if your heat goes out there, you're just, you're dead. Yeah, you are, you yeah, are dead. dead. It's over. Super dead. It's over. Um, the city is attempting to attract extreme tourists. Um, I mean, I would go there, but not during those super cold months, but like their summer, I'd go there for their summer. <laughs> oh, this is balmy minus 30. <laughs> the city has been a preferred exile destination 
uh, used first by the czars, then later by the Soviets. And in the 20th century, the town's population peaked at 2,500 residents. That's it? Right. I'm surprised there's 2,500 there's 2, people. people with bigger balls than I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just really surprised there's that many people. That's where we should do a remote location, a remote broadcast from. We could use that for the zombies. For what? The zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah, you just go there, they all freeze. Yeah. They're just frozen solid, they can't move. But you got to keep the heat going for yourself, though. Right. That's the hard part. Yeah. Randy can run the power plant. Okay. <laughs> He's like, guys, I need more coal. <laughs> where do we get that? Start burning the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another location would be the Mountain of Fire. That is at Mount Merapi, Indonesia. So you just want a full 180 there. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, during the most tranquil periods, the island of Java smolders. Smoke ominously floats from its mouth 10,000 square, uh, 10,000 feet in the sky. Fire Mountain, as its name translates to English, has erupted about 60 times in the past five centuries, most recently in 2006. Um, before that, a 1994 eruption sent forth, sent a fourth, no, sent forth, shit. Sent before forth. that, okay. a 1994 eruption sent forth a legal cloud. Lethal. God. <laughs> before that... <laughs> A 1994 eruption sent forth a lethal cloud of scalding hot gas, which burned 60 people to death. To death? Yes. In 1930, Oof. more than 1,000 people died when Merapi uh, spewed lava over eight square miles around its base, and the high death toll being the result of too many people living too close, obviously. But in spite <laughs> of this volatile history, approximately 200,000 villagers reside within... Four miles of the volcano. I'm dumb as hell. <laughs> and Pompeii gets a song, but not this place. Make one. Write a song. Okay. Marape is just one example of <clears throat> Javan's tempting fate in the proximity of active volcanoes. Javans. No. I like it's, it. I, I do, too. I, I want to be a Javan. It's estimated that 120 million of the island's residents live at the foot of 22 active volcanoes. How many of those residents are named Joe? You, you guys in Java, stay safe. Yeah, please. Please. Um, another location is, um, is in, it's in Haiti. It's uh, Ganives, G-O-N-A-I-V-E-S. Okay. Ganives, uh, Haiti. Yeah. Um, first came the Tropical Storm Fay, August 16th, and then Hurricane Gustav. Blew through, and then in quick succession, there were hurricanes Hannah and Ike. There's been there's been others since then, um, but in just the span of one month, the coastal city of Ganives, one of Haiti's five largest cities, found itself on the receiving end of four devastating tropical cyclones. When the last storm passed, Ganives has pra had practically been washed out to sea. Much of the city was buried under mud or submerged in filthy water that stood twelve feet in. 12 feet deep in some places, and the death toll uh, ran close to 500. In 2008, it wasn't the most deadly in recent history. In 2004, 104,000, the city of 104,000 took a severe beating from Hurricane Jean, 
and 3,000 Haitians died with a Category 3 storm hit and leveled large swaths of the city. The question is, why is it so susceptible to this amount of destruction? Um, aside from its uh, coastal location on the Gulf of uh, Gonvi, a sma it's smack dab in the cyclone-inclined Caribbean. Ganives rests on a floodplain prone to washing out when inland rivers swell, and Haitians rely on wood to make charcoal their primary source of fuel, and this has led to massive de deforestation of the hillside surrounding the city. As a result, when the rain comes, the hills around Ganives melt away and mudslides nearly bury the city. Oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah. So, and that's... <clears throat> you wouldn't want to let you wouldn't want a vacation in knives no what about during hurricane season Would no you go no okay no i i don't want the residents there what about during I, shark I, week i want to i i maybe <laughs> um the african lake of death so this is at lake kivu in the democratic republic of congo rwanda the lake is located around the border between the democratic republic of congo and rwanda it's one of the uh, it's one of Africa's great lakes. Deep below the surface of this lake, 2700 square mile. This lake's 2700 square miles. There are 2.3 trillion cubic feet of methane gas along with 60 cubic miles of carbon dioxide trapped beneath the lake under the pressure of the water and earth. If released from the depths, these, these gases could spread a cloud of death over the 2 million Africans who make their home in the Lake Kivu Basin. Uh, the precedent for this concern stems from a pair of events that occurred in the 1980s at two other African lakes with similar chemical compositions. In 84, 37 people died around Cameroon's Lake uh, Manown in a limnic eruption. Three years later at Lake Nyos, also in Cameroon, 80 cubic meters of CO2 were, were released from the water. Subsequently, 1,700 people died from exposure to the gas. These incidents were apparently caused by volcanic activity around the lakes, and it triggered the release. Um, and similar activity is believed to occur beneath uh, Lake Kavu, causing many to worry that this area is next. The report from the United Nations Environmental Program went so far as to call the three bodies uh, Africa's killer lakes and said Lake Kivu was caused for serious concern. So, any any questions, comments, concerns? Any octopus in, the, in those lakes? Octopi. Octopi. There better not be. One of their arms could, like, puncture what the about, bottom of the what lake. What about laundry shrimp? <laughs> I'm not worried about the shrimp. Okay. It seems like they would be like, hmm, maybe we could drill down in here and release this, release this pressure. Unless it was a punching shrimp. <laughs> then I would worry. <laughs> she imagine like an underwater camera just watching the shrimp and something comes. He's like, what the about to get it? It's like, poof! <laughs> 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 just right when it punches, just explosion. Oh my god. I was playing and this that game. One punchy shrimp <laughs> lands on one person's plate. <laughs> I was playing this game called Zero Hour, which is like a tactical shooter or whatever. But you know how most games, like, it's it's hardcore, so, like, if you get shot, it chances are, depending on where it is, you die immediately, you know. And uh, if you get shot in the head, cause it ha or you step on a booby trap, the way that it ends, it, you know, like, most games show an animation or whatever you fall down. This one is just, you don't even hear the shot. Like, you'll see the person come around the corner. And you may see a brief glimpse of the muzzle flash, 
but all sound stops, the screen goes blank, and it just goes to the game over screen. So it's like, I imagine that's how if you got shot in the face, the last thing you see is a brief muzzle flash and then silence. Oh, Lord. So it's just, it's crazy. Like, if you step through a booby trap, it just, everything goes dark. And then it's just like, game over, your whole team was eliminated. <laughs> Damn. I was like, I kind of like it. kind of like it. The Ephemeral Isles. <laughs> In the Maldives. Maldives? Sure. <laughs> was it the scourge of Moldavia? So the, the Maldives are such a dangerous place that Muhammad Nasheed, upon taking office in 2008, made it, one, made it one of his first items of business as the Maldives' first democratically elected president to announce a plan to create a fund for financing the relocation of the entire prop population. The Maldives is a confederation of a, uh, 1,190 islands and an, atolls in the Indian ocean its highest point of elevation is little more than six feet and sometime in the not too distant future it is likely to be swallowed whole by the rising sea levels a 2005 assessment by the united states geological survey conducted after the 2004 indian ocean tsunami called the maldives one of the earth's youngest land masses adding that they're not long for life above water according to the report the islands should be considered ephemeral features over geological geologic time by president nasheed's reckoning the people of the maldives would be well served to find someplace else india or sri lanka were floated as potential re refuges lest they too become ephemeral recent events support his decision to invest money earned through the through the tourism in a relocation fund the 2004 tsunami, which occurred at low tide, swept over the island, leaving 10% of the country uninhabitable. Of the Maldives' 300,000 citizens, one-third were left homeless, and more than 80 people died. In 1987, during the so-called King Tides, the capital of Malay, an island city covering one square mile, was completely inundated. The effects of these disasters were compounded by the mining of the coral reefs that surrounded the islands, which has made them highly susceptible to sea erosion. It's interesting. So they have actually put together a fund to completely transfer their entire country to another country. Damn. Yeah. That's, that, it must be bad at that point. It is. Like, that, that's how... <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's like, what options do we have? It's like, just move everybody. Right. And they're like, well, that's not, well, that, but. Okay. No, that's the only, that's <laughs> yeah, the only no, option like, we got. Like, but could we, no. All right. Well, let's start moving everybody, I guess. The highest level is six feet above sea level. This is six why feet. I can never captain like an ocean liner. Because if that was barely underwater, I, I'd hit that. <laughs> And then the tsunami at low tide, it completely made 10% of that country uninhabitable. At low tide. Mm. And one third. So they said of the 300,000 citizens, one third were left homeless. I bet that place is a bitch during a full moon. <laughs> so basically 100,000 people out of their 300,000. That is insane. 
So anyways, the hurricane capital of the world. What do you think is the hurricane capital of the world? Florida. Grand Cayman. Yeah. Not Florida. The Cayman Islands, a British territory situated 150 miles south of Cuba, are best known as a tropical playground for the champagne and caviar set. Mm, um, who come to the that. islands for pristine Caribbean beaches, world-class diving. And hurricanes. Blah, blah, blah. Less alluring <laughs> is the island's reputation as the hurricane capital of the world. According to the Tropical Storm Tracking website, HurricaneCity.com, Grand Cayman, the largest of the three Cayman Isles, is hit or brushed by at least one hurricane every 2.16 years, more than any other locale in the Atlantic Basin. <laughs> Stupid Atlantic. So since 1871... So one hurricane every 2.16. I feel like a hurricane hits Florida every year. It, it's major hurricanes. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Since 1871, 64 storms have battered the low-lying limestone formation, often with catastrophic results. In 2004, Ivan um, dumped a foot of rain on Grand Cayman. A 10-foot storm surge followed, submerging a quarter of the island. An estimated 70% of the island's buildings were destroyed, and its 40,000 inhabitants were left without power or clean water for days. So, not living there. <laughs> I bet insurance companies are like, we are not. Yeah, insurance companies are like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and then there's the I forty four tornado corridor in Oklahoma City and uh, Tulsa, shit. Oklahoma. Shit, they need to make it the I twenty fifty nine tornado corridor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, more than one million people. Uh, reside along the Interstate 44 corridor that runs between Oklahoma City and Tus Tulsa. Um, the Sooner State's two most populous metropolitan areas. Each spring... Um, 12,000 tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. they, they settle in for a twister season. So, since 1890, more than 120 tornadoes have struck Oklahoma City and the surrounding area, which currently has a population of approximately 700,000. In 1999, an outbreak of 70 tornadoes stretched across Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Several of the most destructive storms swept through the Oklahoma City, destroying 1,700 homes and damaging another 6,500. Even the modern prediction capabilities and early warning systems, 40 people died uh, when an F5 twister tore through Oklahoma City. Since 1950, the longest the area has gone without a tornado is five years. And that was from 92 to 98. Um, as of making up for lost time, in the 11 months that followed that record lull, 11 tornadoes hit. Mm. For, other, for only three other periods during the last half century, Oklahoma City has gone uh, no more than two years without a tornado. Um, northeast of Oklahoma City uh, lies Tulsa, which has experienced its own share of devastation. Uh, at the hands of tornado alley storms between 1950 and 2006, 69 tornadoes spun across Tulsa County population, basically it, 590,000, uh, oh. though none proved as deadly as the 99 storm that hit Oklahoma city. But because of its geography, the city lies along the banks of the Arkansas river and 
is built atop an extensive series of creeks and there are floodplains. Tulsa is particularly vulnerable to the rain that accompanies the severe weather. So they don't get as many tornadoes, but they have a ton of floods. So major floods in 74, 76, and 84 caused uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth worth of damage. How many, what were the number of tornadoes a year? That that, For Tulsa? Or just that corridor or whatever. Did, did you say that number? I thought I heard that you, you had the stat statistic. Because it's probably pretty close. Alabama has an average of 44 tornadoes a year. I think that's a lot. Since 1890. That, is, that feels like a lot. Since 1890, more than 120 tornadoes have struck Oklahoma City. Okay. In the surrounding area. Let me see. Oh, but it did say like in the 1999 outbreak, there were 70 tornadoes that's uh, spanned across Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, I, you know, I've <clears throat> noticed a uh, pickup over the, you know, living here my entire life. I've, I've noticed that it seems there are a lot more, like, supercell storms here that produce yeah. tornadoes. Well, it says since 1890, <clears throat> more than 120. So obviously the but that's stats just have that, gone up. Well, that's just that one city. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking the whole state of Alabama in a year right. sees 44. And that's just, yeah, just that one and just the outside of, of, uh, Oklahoma City proper. Now, Tulsa mm-hmm. County, they did, is um, between 1950 and 2006, there were 69 tornadoes. Between when? Uh, 1950 and 2006, there were 69 tornadoes for just Tulsa, Tulsa County alone. Swaz on enough. Which I'm pretty sure Tuscaloosa County may have beat that, that record. That was 24 years, and it, it said it, how many were seen? 69. That's not That's 24 years. Nine, it's 50, 56 years. It was 19 what? 50? 1950 to 2006. Okay. Yeah. So. Minus 1950. And there was how many? 69. That's. Yeah. They're averaging at least one Almost. to it's hit like, every single year. It's it's like 0. .8. <laughs> like over that span of time. 56 point. years for, with 69 tornadoes, it would be one point something per year. I don't math. God, I hate this calculator. <laughs> it just sometimes I like try to touch numbers, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't. I feel it, but it doesn't recognize it. It'd be 69 divided by 50. Right. 1.2 then. Yeah. Okay. I just did the division backwards. Yeah. Um. So that's every single year at minimum one is going to hit. Right. We do 44 a year. That's. The state does 44 a year. Of Alabama. They do, that city does one a year. Right. Right. That's what, yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. You're, I feel like it's a sucker's it's not the state. I got, I, get, I got what you were saying. It's not the whole state. It's just that city. So, yeah, I got you. I just feel like it's we're, a sucker's bet to keep, you know, building schools in Carbon Hill. Yeah. What, because the people just don't care about school there, or? No, because they keep getting torn down by tornadoes. Go underground. If you're going to have it, do an underground school, because you're going to keep, because you're going to keep having to rebuild, you might as well invest and dig a hole and build a school in there. That's what somebody uh, from uh, Massachusetts, a friend of mine, he lives in Boston, he's like, well, why do people live there? I'm like, where the hell else are they going to live? I mean, like, you can't just have... You know, large swaths of the country that are just now abandoned. Yeah, I mean, it's like you just learn to live with it. You 
stay weather aware and you try to avoid it and you have a place to go. Right. You know, other than that, insurance is going to take care of everything. Just make sure everybody's safe. I mean, to be quite honest with you, it, it for those for those states that are in <clears throat> Tornado Alley, they should make it like mandated that each home have a tornado shelter, like within the home plan. Well, with the bill, you know what I'm saying? Like, I it's saw part something of the interesting about that features. is that uh, people who are disabled and stuff have hard times getting uh, like. They don't have anywhere to go. Right. Um, and they have a hard time getting, like, uh, assistance to build storm shelters and things like that. Because, you know, people are like, well, you don't need it until, you know, you don't need it until your house is destroyed. But and you're you don't dead, even but... have to do, like, you know, a, a true <clears throat> tornado shelter. You can actually make, because, you know, now they make the, actually, like, just drop in uh, yeah. bathrooms. You can actually make that a tornado shelter and build it within, yeah, within the, within the home itself. So, oh, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like Like a shell in your house. Yeah, that's the. It's the structure. The that bathroom is designated as the tornado shelter, and it should be designated. You know that that's part of the standards of building structures is that they have to have one that's graded to be able to withstand certain. You know pressure wind you know wind whatever whatever they use to as long as it's, to on, categorize the lowest, the as storm. As it's on the lowest level and the walls are reinforced i don't think you'd have a problem i get what you're saying yeah but like you know you can you could make one that was like you know maybe a concrete on the top reinforced and then the well sides. that's what i'm saying it should be a standard because <clears throat> people the, yeah. with handicaps can't they don't have anywhere to go that's what they were talking about on the i saw a just a news article. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it. that will resolve the issue. You're all these towns are were, building all these shelters and stuff. Well, you're you're forgetting the people that have handicaps and all this other stuff. That's what they were saying. Is that build it within the building? I buildings. can't get. They were like, "There's no assistance for this. Like, I can't get any help." You know, they're like, "I'm on a fixed income because I'm disabled, right? But I can't get myself to a storm shelter. But nobody wants to fight, wants to pay to have me build one in my house. So right. like." <laughs> Well, and even like uh, the apartment complexes and stuff, mm-hmm. the si- the the state or the city should mandate that each business, each uh, you know, complex, apartment complex, living living complex, whatever, should have a location uh, for shelter. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, ours doesn't, and I told Emily, I was like, "What, what are we going to do?" Right. And um, I said, I guess we'll just go in the bathroom and throw the couch cushions over the tub. <laughs> you know, get in the tub, I guess. Yeah, I told my, we texted our parents and were like, hey, because there was a tornado that was like coming towards our neighborhood. And I texted my parents. I was like, hey, something happens. We're we're going to be in the bathroom in the tub with the couch cushion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So moving on, we're going to we're going to go into to a couple of islands. I cannot say this name. I can't. It is an island located 20 miles off of the coast of Brazil. It is Ilha da Quemada. Sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> it, it is interpreted as Snake Island. It is, it's not habitable at all. It's completely covered with thousands of venomous snakes, um, <laughs> some capable of melting the flesh right off your bones. According to reports, there are five golden lancehead vipers to every square meter of land. How many? Did you say five? Five, five for five every square meter. Golden 
lance head vipers to every square meter. That's basically like every tw- of like, land. That's like twelve feet, right? Yeah. Wait, no. A meter. Yes. A meter yeah. is three feet. Yeah. So a square would be four times mm-hmm. three, right? So twelve. So up to four thousand in total on the tiny one hundred and six acre island. Wow. These vipers can grow up to half a meter long and are among the most poisonous species in the world with venom that can melt flesh and kill within an hour. No one's lived on this island for more than a century after a lighthouse keeper was killed by the serpents when they got in through an open window, according to legend. Brazil has gone so far to say that, like, their navy, their Brazilian navy, has banned all civilians. From traveling to the island. Because <laughs> you just nobody, die. Yeah, nobody <laughs> can travel there. Yeah. And then in, in America, they'd be like, government can't tell me I can't go out there. Fuck them snakes. Then they all die. And then you're like, well, we tried to tell you. Then they want to sue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> so, not living there. I would not live there either. No. I don't, I don't even want to boat past it. No, no, because I would be afraid one of them, they you know, learn how to swim. The yeah. only the <laughs> only scarier thing would be if that was just overrun with, like, tarantulas. Oh, my God. I don't know Or if... those bird-eating spiders from Australia. Those big ones that run, like, <gasps> 35 miles an hour. Oh, my the Lord. Hunts, those hunts, huge... No. You're talking about the huge spider, like, it's like... Yeah, their fangs are, like, three yes. inches long. It is, it is they, the scariest thing they to chase see. down. I'm like, feeling really bad inside right now. When, yeah. when birds land, they like chase them down and eat them. I would l- rather really I would rather inside. sleep in a bedroom with a cobra than even come close to that spider. I need I need to know. I don't no, I don't I need I need to, but I don't. I need to know. I need to know. It's called the it's called the Goliath bird eating spider. What the that's yeah. too big. No, no, oh, no. Oh, and that the picture he's showing you probably doesn't even do him justice. No, probably, yeah. It's, no, it's too yeah. big. It's too big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, don't touch it. Oh, by the way, that um, that snake, five of these per meter. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. And they can melt flesh. Yep, right off the bone. Mm-hmm. So next is North Sentinel Island. Uh, it's located in the Indian Ocean. It's a beautiful place, but it can put your life in serious danger if you set foot onto the shores. It is home to a tribe of, a tribe of people who have inhabited the island for more than 60,000 years. And they do not welcome guests. And oh, is two- it the hidden tribe or the that hasn't that shoot like arrows mm-hmm. and shit at you? In 2018, American missionary John Chow, 26, is believed to have been shot dead by the tribe's arrows while he was attempting to convert them to Christianity. Yeah, local fishermen claim to have been to have seen the tribe's people, and they are allegedly uh, the tribe's people are cannibals, dragging his body away to be buried. Um, in 2006, two Indian fishermen were also killed when their boat drifted near the island while while they slept. So we can't go there. Yeah, can't you could. There. I mean, I mean, you could. I think that my. But we can't live there. I could get a gun that could that could do that. That could take care of that. I honestly <laughs> believe the video game The Forest 
got inspiration from this island. That one's the size of a puppy. No. Just so you know. No. <laughs> that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that island being covered with those? But I, those I, I and the snakes? Them. I heard about that the 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 dude getting killed by those uh, people. I yeah. remember that was like a big thing and everybody's like, stop fucking with them. Le- just leave them alone. Right. Like, you went out there. They weren't bothering you. Why are you bothering they, them? They've obviously shown that they were Christian. they were violent. So they just want you off their lawn. They just don't want to talk. Leave to them you. alone. Um, <clears throat> another toxic place is Bikini Atoll in the Pacific. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was selected by the U.S. military as a nuclear test site after World War II. <sighs> um, it was the a nuclear test site in the 1950s. Bikini Atoll. That's where they did the underwater explosions mm-hmm. and the and, s- and the. They bombed, like, ships. A staggering 23 bombs were dropped on the coral reef, including one in 1954 that was 1,100 times larger than the infamous Hiroshima atom bomb. I just can't. I I don't know. I just hate shit like that. It's like, let's just find a place in the planet. It's like, but shit lives there. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, well, we're just going to wipe it out. It's like, what? Yeah. But why do we have to fucking destroy everything? <laughs> Um, the residents were relocated before tests began, so they say. And even more than 60 years later, it's not safe for humans to return. But, With the United uh, Nations warning all water and food in the area um, has been uh, contaminated yeah. by radiation. Also, <clears throat> thoroughly contaminated with toxins is Paveglia Island in the Venetian Lagoon of Italy, which has a reputation as the world's most haunted island. So I just hate that that like those people are minding their own business and then they're like, oh you guys gotta leave, we're gonna blow up some nuclear bombs. That was actually the next location, so I'm gonna have to edit that. Anyways, go on. <laughs> no, I was just saying that like they had no choice. What were they gonna <clears throat> do? The US military just shows up, it's like we're relocating, you pack That's, your shit. I mean it's the government. What what is it? Uh, I- imminent domain? But it was a, the Bikini Atoll doesn't even belong to the United States, does it? I think they bought it. Oh. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, well, they bought it. Now it's like, you guys got to get out because we're just going to blow this whole place up. Like, do you imagine? They probably, you know, they probably didn't leave them time to do. They probably didn't leave they pets probably behind. They bought- paid them well below. They may not have given them anything. Yeah. I have no idea. That just um, sucks. That just. Yeah. Just like, I want to put a retail store there, so move. <laughs> Paveglia Island in the Venetian Lagoon of Italy has a reputation as the world's most haunted island. Um, local legend there. has it that Italians were banished to the island if they showed symptoms of the plague. That's what I was about to say, is it's the plague island? Yeah. yeah. Or the Black Death. Um, and the 18-acre plot of land became a mass grave for up to 160,000 victims. To this day, ash from the cremated bodies is said to make up more than 50% of the island's soil. It's only 18 acres and 160,000? Yeah. It was a dumping ground. Think of a land a landfill. Bring out your dead! Yeah, think of a <laughs> landfill, and that's what it was. They're like, somebody it's like now somebody coughs, they're like Yeah. <laughs> Go to the island, miss. I'm getting better. But I'm better. <laughs> So there is Grenard Island off the northwest coast of Scotland, and it's also known as Anthrax Island. 
after corpses of animals used in chemical experiments were dumped there. Uh, the tiny isle, measuring about 1.2 miles by half a mile, has been abandoned ever since the British government used it to test biological weapons. Sheep were reported, uh, reportedly placed in pins on the island while scientists dropped anthrax bombs on them, I don't, I don't. causing them to die within days. The toxicity got so deadly, Grenard had to be quarantined for nearly 50 years until 1986 when there was an attempt at decontamination by soaking the ground in 280 tons of formaldehyde diluted in 2,000 tons of seawater. Well, Grenard Island uh, was officially dubbed safe, um, but there are many experts who are like, no. Mm -mm. Uh, one excavation expert, Dr. Brian Moffat, um, in, 2000, in 2001 said, I would not walk, uh, go walking on Grenard. If, anth if anthrax is still active at Sutra, there is no reason to suppose it has not survived on more recent sites. It is a very resilient and deadly bacterium. So I don't know if they're trying, I mean, are they trying to sell plots there? Like to, to build on? I mean, and also don't plant any vegetation or anything because not only was there anthrax, uh, they also soaked the ground with formaldehyde. Well, yeah. I wonder if like, if you planted something that as it, it was trying to propagate itself if, like, the bacteria could get on those spores yeah. and be carried over to the mainland. Oh, right. <laughs> right. So, anyways, those are the most dangerous places. We just don't want to... We just don't want to... I don't, don't want to go there. live there. I don't want to go there. We don't, we don't want to do I would visit that. the super cold place. Actually, I, I, mean, for like I was thinking weekend. about that, too. Like, just to, just to check I'm, it out. I'm not going to Java, though. I mean, I'll go to no. Grand Cayman. I'll go to Grand Canyon. Well, yeah, I'll, we should, I'll go there too. I think that deserves uh, checking out. I think we should. Grand Cayman? Yeah. 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 I mean, we're not living there, though. No, we're yeah. just going to go for a week. We'll go check it out. A week. Yeah. But I'm seriously staying away thing. from that Snake Island. Yeah. Like all the way away. Yeah. Also, if there's a Spider Island, he's staying yeah. away from that. I don't even know if I would. I don't even know. If I would look at it cockeyed from Brazil, like I don't even, I don't even like want to look at it. it. Yeah, I will the, blinders. I will have the if horse I can't blinders. See it, walking it can't in. see me. Right. <laughs> nah, nah. They would swim over. Nah, fam. Nah, fam. That's what I'm worried, like wondering about. Like snakes, a lot of snakes can swim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, you well, said I'm it was sure what, like they twenty miles off. I'm but sure they come over there, but like, you know. Stop. I well, hire, now I'm not going to Brazil. How far, how far is the island from Brazil? 20 miles. Oh, no, they're not coming. I would hire people miles. to stand on the shore and just you can't even smack every snake on what? the face with a newspaper say, you, you go oh. back right now. That's, you're not killing it. You're just smacking it on the face like like bad dog. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, could spray, you could spray it with water. I'm in the water. I'm in the water. But this is other water. Like, I'm going to dissolve your skin. This is distilled water. That's like, like people are all weird about, you know, being in the rain after they've been swimming. Like, yeah, that's weird. That, it is weird. People that run through parking lots because it's raining. I'm like, I'm going to get the same wet as I am if I walk. Yeah. But if I run fast enough, I can go under the rain. No, you can't. I know. I'm just worried about my hair. <laughs> But then nobody. That was on Mythbusters. Everybody's worried about hair. You don't get any wetter walking versus running. Well, everybody's you know worried about their hair or whatever. Nobody actually thinks. Well, what if I slip and bust my ass? 
which happens a lot more than people talk about. Yeah. Like, you're not worried. You're not worried about your hair anymore, are you? No, you're yes. worried about that busted coccyx. They're also worried about their hair. Right. So, anyways, that's what I got, guys. Okay. That's it. Where you find us? Uh, at stupid uh stupid hydrogen at gmail.com. We would love for you to email us, tell us your opinion, give us some suggestions, etc. 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 Um, we're so glad. Uh, and you know, Google Magic us. You can find us on any uh magic, any listening platform, and uh we really appreciate it. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love.